When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owl are. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a... Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs About two grown men dressed up as a bird and a dog Yes, 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 yes Welcome to the Wolf and Up Podcast Inside the Ride This one yeah. Hello, how you doing? Yo, cut it up, get loose I want you to look around wherever you are right now Smile and say, I'm ready to listen Who wants a rewind? My heart is true, I'm ready to listen I need the wolf, I need the owl. Here's the potion to the medicine. We're ready to rock. Uh, how you doing, baby? You look I'm good. I'm very, well, I'm sort of uh, on the come down from quite a stressful weekend. Uh, Tell us what's happened, bro. I've moved house. The castle is operating. The castle is operating. A few things have happened. You've moved um, to your new lair. Yeah. How is it? Pretty, no, it's good. But like moving houses, when's the last time you moved house? Uh, me and Catherine moved house. Two years who, who, are you, who, are you, who are you looking off camera? Catherine's just come in because my whole family's very excited about the fact that I'm doing a podcast with you today. Yeah, but this light is... Catherine, it's, we don't, it's a recording. It's a podcast. It's not... We're not filming it. Okay, well, I love you loads. That's how you say hi. Well, you say hi. Dear Cat, love you. <laughs> is anyone else coming in? My family's all very excited. Yeah, so, so. It's <laughs> very embarrassing now. My family's... What's going on now? My family are very excited about the fact that you're... On the podcast. Say hello to Monash. Go on then. All right, that's my niece. Hi, Hello. How you doing? You're right. You're yeah, right. That's bad. my mesh. Oh. That's yeah. Right. Well, guys, <laughs> that's nearly everyone. I think. <laughs> Night, mate. Love you. See you later. Night. Right, here we go, mate. That's everyone there is now. What do you What do you think it says about the podcast that people don't they can't tell whether we've started it or not? What does that tell you um, about the level of content that we're we're providing? I think it's the fact that there's been a real excitement, which actually says more about the fact that I'm on a family holiday, and most of this evening has been geared to the or today actually. When I said I was going to wake up and originally do the podcast at eight a.m., most people are up ready for, with Romesh questions. So it really has been a big part of today, the the whole thing. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in the Cotswolds. And who's who's away with you? My mother, my father. Yeah. Uh, my sister, her husband, yeah. and their two children, obviously Catherine. That's, That's lovely that you're all going away as a big family. Yeah, we've, we've, we've had a very sweet time. The cut shout out to Star on the World. What an amazing place. Have you been? No. No, I've not been there. Oh, you'd love it here. You really would. Is that where, sorry, is that the place that you're staying at? Star in the World is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's a very... Is it, a very... Is it some sort of... Is this some sort of celeb like place to stay that I don't that I've just embarrassed myself by not knowing about? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, you know it's not. Oh, right. It's a very quintessential British town. 
okay. where dreams are made. You know what? The one thing I love, there's no chain stores here at all. No chain stores at all? No, everything is local stores. It's got a real sweet sound. So, yeah, shout out to all of the, the shop tellers. I know. Did people. you know what? That's great because one thing that people say about you, and I've said this to a lot of people, you never use chains, do you? When it comes to restaurants or clothes or whatever, you never, ever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're the sort of guy that, you know, if if Leon's, if there's not a Leon about, you just let that ride straight off you. You know what? I'd rather find a local cafe, actually. I'd rather you know what? Since we've been here, I've, all, I've really pushed the local vibe. Well, you've had really... to, because you've just said there's no chains. No, no, no. But what I mean is, I've been going into the local coffee house, uh, the right. coach house, having a little chat with everyone in there, a bit of a laugh mm. for one morning coffee. When I stay somewhere wrong, I don't like just to holiday. I like to, I like to inhibit it. And yeah, you know. inhibit. I'm sure you do inhibit. Do you mean inhabit? <laughs> yes, yes, inhabit. So I like to know at least 15 to 20 locals by the time I leave the place. Right. So they know they can turn around and say, "Oh bloody hell! I remember old Tom Davis came to stay here. What a good bloke he was. He drank at the local pub and brought people drinks and laughed and cried with us." You know. Um, that that all sounds lovely. And, and listen, I'm go, I'm going to say to you, I, you do strike me as a sort of guy that makes friends with people where you stay. What I don't like about that is now I don't I won't ever go there with you because <laughs> because what I don't want is to be shown around and go. Okay, so uh, just before we go to this particular place, little bit of a story. When I uh, last went in here, let's just say a good time was had. So. Um, <laughs> Some of which, I've got to be honest with you, can't quite remember. So <laughs> let's just see what happens. I'm going to go in. I'm going to introduce you to Frank. When it comes to Frank, listen, he will like you. Let me take the lead on the initial conversation. Now. That's all I'd say. Yeah. I'll be like this. Come in for a coffee. This is Daphne. This is Clive. I want you to look after Romesh with whatever. It... Mate, let me shout out something else to this town, man. This will, blow, this will blow your dick off and leave you with just a nub, right? They really, really look after the vegans uh, in this don't place. Don't lie to me. Don't lie. Mate, I'll tell you now, bro. My nephew's a vegan, right? Right. He's seven. Your nephew's a vegan? He's seven, yeah, yeah. Your seven-year-old nephew's a vegan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. How come? Don't know, man. He just, he, he's, he, that's how he fucking rolls out. You know what? Uh, your nephew, man. Big up your nephew. He's an absolute cheater kid, Ben. Shout out, Ben. Shout right, out. What I'm saying to you now is they really care for, for vegans. Yeah. It's like they really, really respect them. And they put a gentle arm around all the vegan shoulders and say, you know what? While you're in Stone World, you're right with us. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll check it out. I think, you know what? I can tell you now. Yeah. The three of your boys, I'll tell you who'd love it here, is Lisa. Yeah, she, Lisa could stick on a Hunter Wellies, on a gilet, and just bowl about town. Oh, she, she loves that. Gilet. You know, she's never happier than when she's in a pair of Hunters, a gilet, a little barber overcoat. That is that is my wife. Does she like that in paradise? When you go to a different, when you go to an area like that, do you dress? Do you dress to the vibe? Catherine does. I, I Lisa does. I don't really. So I've, I've been, been known, around, I've yeah. been known to mash up a pair of Yeezys walking through the woods or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah I'm exactly. not. I'm not I've, good at adapting. Catherine's been walking around here looking up one of the locals. I've been walking around in a Hugo Boss Anthony Jack, Joshua tracksuit. Shout out Hugo Boss tracksuits and. Um, my new favourite brand of t-shirt which is an Aries t-shirt oh, and, yeah, so uh, you're posting about that yeah, yeah they're really nice man mm. really nice I think you'd really really save them yeah oh, I'll have yeah. to check them out have they asked you to say something no 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 no, no, no it's just, I saw your little Instagram story and you sort of said best t-shirts ever right 
Yeah, which this, which which I don't know. I don't if they have paid you something. I, I hope you were like you know cards on the table. You also said about four other t-shirt companies in what the last two months. No, no, let me just say they haven't paid me anything. Okay. I just like to spread them. What what happens a lot, Rom, and I'm not saying that I am a fashionista or that I am a leader of people. I'm just saying quite a few people contact me about T-shirts and say, what T-shirt, you're a big man. Um, yeah, what kind of T-shirt are you repping at the moment? So I like mm-hmm. to be, get people in the loop with T-shirts. While we're talking about this, uh, about you and clothing, yeah, I I, uh, I texted you the other day because on Steve Stamp's Instagram, yeah, it was the uh, the curse rap boy, yeah, and you had a denim Adidas. Was it Ivy Park tracksuit? Ivy Park, Deontay vibes. You looked unbelievable, man. It was so sick. Were you get? Did you get a lot of compliments that night? Yeah, yeah, I got a few, man. I got a few. I got a few people sort of like shocked. By as a piece of yeah, I had the matching hat as well, but I, I didn't wear that. I had it as a three piece hat. The denim hat that also goes with it. What kind of hat is that denim hat? A bucket hat, man. A, bu- a sweet, sweet bucket hat. Could you see yourself like rocking all three of those items together? Ever? If I was to go out with you, you know what? If, if me, you, me and you, did you lose me there? Totally lost you. Yeah. Totally lost her. Is that my Wi-Fi or yours? You? I've just done a test on mine, and I've got honestly that my internet is so quick. It's insane. So rapid. Mine is not particularly quick. Right. It could be more people on the Wi-Fi here. We've got this is holiday home. Holiday cottages aren't great for Wi-Fi, bro. No, I realise that. But, you know, I, I thought that when you go to holiday cottage, everyone's like sort of interacting with each other and having a nice family time. But it turns out when your family go on holiday together, they're all straight onto the hub. <laughs> mate, we are a, we're a family of the modern times, mate. So we get everyone's <laughs> like, have we got a Wi-Fi code? Share it. Share it. And that's the last conversation we had since we've been here until you were coming online. Um, so anyway, you listen, you looked unbelievable. So that outfit, let me, I want to ask you a couple of questions because you, you know that you are a sartorial sort of idol of mine. You know that, right? I, always, <laughs> I do look up to you. I love you for that. So that is quite a... That, I would describe that tracksuit as a statement. Yeah. Right? It's a statement tracksuit, right? So how often can you wear that? Bearing in mind that, you know, so if you wear a pair of jeans... Right, you can wear a pair of jeans over and over again. People aren't going to go. He's wearing the same pair of jeans because they don't even acknowledge. They don't even know what type of jeans you're wearing. It's such a non-item unless you're wearing some like real super drippy Avisis or something like that, right? But r- regular jeans, nobody's going to notice. With that tracksuit, people remember you wore that tracksuit, right? So does that mean you have to you have to be a bit sporadic with that? I mean, you have to yeah, sporadic? I think so. Rob. I, you know, what a great question, and I hope the answer will be as. Uh, sweet and as natured as the question's intended, so. Um, what's great about that tracksuit, bro, is the top half is super sick to wear with a pair of uh, cords or you wear that top with a, 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 a sort of tapered trouser, maybe. Mm-hmm. Very easy, right? Smart in the top up. Or you could, on a flip of that, you could take the fucking bottoms and you wear them with like a, I don't know, like a fucking nice jumper. Nice twill jumper. Am I right in saying, can I just, do you mind if I just sort of step in and freeze over? Am I also right in saying, if you wanted to, you could just wear the hat somewhere, right? Like, I have worn the hat on its own. I've yeah, been okay, 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 okay. So, now so I'm, start, now I'm starting to get the idea. Yeah, now I'm starting to get the idea. What's nice about a tracksuit, Ron, right? It's together, it's strong, right? It's a statement yeah. piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know, the Transformers when they were hanging out together. 
But it doesn't mean that Bumblebee and Optimus Prime can't go out on their own and fucking hustle with other fucking, I don't know, Autobots and shit, right? So it's just like, you know, right, that's no, probably the... What, what is it? Are you, are you doing this for my benefit, this Transformers thing? I don't know much about a Transformer. No, I it's such a, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's obvious <laughs> listening to you for no, no, 20 because... seconds, you know absolutely fuck all about Transformers. Well, no, you, call no, them, no. you call them the Autobops for a start, right? <laughs> right okay. Right, and, then, and then I'm thinking to myself, so hold on. If he doesn't know, because normally when people go into an example, they go into an example of something that they know about. You don't know anything about it. So now I'm thinking, I think I'm more inside because this prick thinks this is the way that he connects with me. <laughs> no, because it, like if... It's like speaking a foreign language to some people. When I'm explaining fashion to you, right? Right. I've got to look at a world that you definitely understand. Okay, so so when I'm explaining okay. fashion, no, I can go, what would he know about? I know, like Transformers, Star Wars. Yeah. So what your thought process was, is Romesh won't understand that you can wear each of these elements of the tracksuit individually. So how I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give an example of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee Designing to hang out with different Autobots. That's a way that he's going to understand that you can wear the trousers or the top with different things. Is that is that what? <laughs> no, but then I did have as a backup. If you didn't understand that, I was going to get into the Marvel character thing. Great, great, great. You, you're scaffolding my learning. Yeah, you know, like Thor can hang out with his cousin, who's played by uh, Tom Hiddleston, but also he can be a part of the Avengers. It's his so brother. It's his brother. Oh right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, yeah, exactly. Look, now you're getting me. Now you. Now, I understood, no, but I understood before. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know if maybe I need to change my facial expression because I did fully understand everything you were saying. In fact, no, if, if we nice. can just cast our minds back, I, I actually gave you sarcastically because it was so basic what you were saying. I gave you an example of the hat. And then you then decided, oh, he's obviously not getting it. And then decided to give me this fucking Transformers example. But, but what's quite nice, right, if you see what's happened in society and what me and you are doing, right, You've learned you can break a tracksuit up into many different items. I right? haven't, no. But, okay. I've learned that Thor is Tom Hiddleston's brother. Thor is not Tom Hiddleston's brother. Thor is Loki's brother, who's played by Tom Hiddleston. So oh, you right, haven't yeah. learned anything, is the truth. <laughs> but did you learn something? I knew that you could wear elements of a tracksuit separately, yes. Yeah. What I did learn was that that tracksuit comes with a bucket hat. So there you go. I did learn right. and, and also, there might be some... There's a person there who's just waiting for a glimmer of light and a glimmer of hope, and here we are. We've given that glimmer of hope. They found out loads. This is a family of knowledge. What would, you do? what would you do if I wore that tracksuit and and one day I I wore it to a play, an event that I knew that you were going to be at? How, how annoyed would you be? Just on the scale? Honored. I feel honored. What about if, if, I what, turn... if what about if I knew you were wearing the tracksuit and I turned up in the tracksuit? Uh, that would be probably if you said what was your three moments of the a dream situation you could be in. If me and you are walking around a party, both in that Adidas tracksuit, Tom, 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 just cut the bullshit. If if you and I wore the same tracksuit, you know that Sky thing that we went to that we're always talking yeah. about, Sky event. Look, what would your genuine reaction be, mate? I think if you and I, what are you talking about, mate? We'd look like a fucking pair of idiots. We look like Rob, a pair Rob, of idiots. Well, this is this this is the difference between me and you, right? I know. That we are a pair of idiots. <laughs> the best possible situation for me and you is people going, Oh my God, have you seen Thomas, Tom and Romish? And them going, 
No, you can't miss them. They're both wearing the same Ivy Park Beyonce denim tracksuit. It's fucking genius. Because people will give us more credit than we actually deserve. And even if we argue and go to people, no, we didn't know we were going to wear this, either of us. People will go, yeah, you fucking did. And people will think that, like, we're break, we're fucking, we are alchemists or fucking Antifa kind of vibes. I, 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 I disagree. I mean, listen, I think it's very sweet that you're saying that, but I, I disagree. I, th- I think it would be. I, I would, feel, I feel be, mortified. If still doing it, it would be an honour to buy you that tracksuit. Do you like it that much? I love the track. Would you wear it? Would I wear it? Yeah, I would. But not at an event that you were going to be out wearing the same track. But if you wear it, you have to say that it was inspired by me. What, what do you mean? Where, where, who do I have to say it to? Put it this way. Look, I'm going to tell you a true fact, right? Let me just tell you something. Right? Oh, this is a big shout out to you. And this is actually something I was never going to say to you, but I'm going to do it now, right? I never thought I was ever going to wear a pair of Yeezys until I saw you bust a pair and you talk about it. I've got four pairs of Yeezys now. Really? Yeah, boy. And that's because of me? Yeah. Oh, dude. I saw you in them. They looked dope. I like how you rock, rock them with a the fucking jean. And then you talked about them. I'm like, man, this guy knows his fucking trains better than anyone I know. Oh, you are the trainer master. Tom, Tom, I love you, Tom. That's what, well, what a lovely thing to say. Yeah. Just a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I moved, I moved house, right? Um, yeah. Incredibly stressful. I found it yeah, right? incredibly stressful. I was very tired. I'd done the Rangan Nation and then I did, I did a day of Rob and Ramesh versus, right? Yeah. And then I had the weekend off, first weekend off in ages, and we decided to do the move. Because we planned it. We we're going to do the move. I was battered, right? Um, first thing, to give you an idea of how stressful I found it, at one stage of the day, um, I'd been doing a bit of lifting. <laughs> lifting? Lifting like stuff into the van and out of the van and stuff, right? Did and you not get removal then? No. What? Oh, my God. What? Do you, okay. I love you so much. You know, you're genuinely, there's so many things that you've helped me with, as it, like the easy thing, but also intellectually so, right? I fucking wish to God that I knew that you weren't going to get removal, man, and I'd have turned to you to get removal, man, bro, no matter the cost. No, because that's you, how the world I, turns, right? Can I tell you who it is uh, that the vetoed it? Who? The swan. What? Yeah. We, we, you know what? We didn't move everything in one day. We did it over a couple of weeks, right? So, well, know. I mean, yeah, that's. But, mate, I tell you now, removal men, genuinely, and this is just a shout out of any removal men out there. I salute you. Or and, women. Or women, yeah. Yeah, well, removal people. Removal. Removal. Removals. Uh, removals. Remo- removalers. Removalers. Removers. Right? Removers. Removers. Removers, right? All removers. Removalers. I salute you. And I walk with you. I've actually done removing as a job. When? I work for Funnels Removals in Morden. Okay, so talk me through the process. How does the removal work? You don't pack up for them, do you? They they pack yeah, it mate, up. Yeah, mate, sometimes you do. That's that's brilliant if you're a removal, removaler and amazing if you are a person who is getting moved. So you would go into a house and everything's just as normal. You start packing up from scratch. Yeah, and you, sometimes, man. They were the great ones. Mate, this, is, this will blow your fucking mind. Go on. When I was 18, I moved a family to France. You moved a family to France? Yes. When you were 18? Yeah, I was a part of a removal, removal game. How many in the team? Three of us. Jesus, I hope the other two are fucking top-notch. Can you imagine seeing an 18-year-old you being in charge of your move to France? I'd fucking <laughs> no, call like, it off. I was a labourer. I was the lowest of the low. I was getting a lot of orders. But, mates, for me, I nearly got a nosebleed when I heard. Why? I like, literally, I nearly cried when they told me that I was going to be. I would be moving a family to France. 
So what happened? You packed it all up. Did you go packed to France then? Yeah, we went to France with them. We went out before them. So we got what? the key to the this house. This is amazing. So when they turned up, we were packing their stuff away for them. Right. So they had a ready-made home. I remember, number one, looking the guy in the eye. I was like 18-year-old me thinking, you, sir, are one of the coolest people I've ever met because you're just fucking going for it. What do you mean going for it? By going to France? He's moving a lot of stuff and two smoking barrels out to France. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, yeah, that is quite cool. That is quite cool. How did he seem? Did they seem quite he panicky was, about it? Were they quite chilled? Yeah, you know, in retrospect, they were quite nervous about it. Like, neither of them really spoke a lot of French. Um, I think of them now from time to time. Uh, you know, every time I try and every time, time I win, like, <laughs> I think about... Jesus Christ. Why, why, can't I have, why can't I have a real conversation with you? No. What? what? No. Why does this have to go this way every time? No, <laughs> no. I was. I think of them. I think of the, the family. Thinking, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't think of them. Okay. Can we just? You do not think of them. In fact, I you barely, you were barely able to scratch together your memory of the story. Now, when we started talking about removals. <laughs> no, look. I, I remember the name being like something like the Crawfords, right? Yeah, or something like that. And I remember like going through all their drawers and like, putting stuff in boxes and you know and, and also I remember thinking but anyway, they've got a lot of furniture they're moving out of the house when there's far too much fit for this small house in France it feels like a big move to to take everything to France yeah yeah just leave it and then I, as you know this is genuine right the woman like the wife of the family kept on just laughing going what are we doing oh no that's what are we doing uh, midway through midway through the day I was lifting and putting down stuff yeah. And um, I got a pain in my chest. Oh, shit. What, in your heart? Well, that, that's the thing. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, no. And then I Googled signs of having a heart attack. I mean, that's how worried I was. Just, oh. just to put this into context, I am quite a hypochondriac. Like, I, I, I catastrophize every symptom. But, um, yeah, I, I genuinely, not genuinely, I, I suspected I might be having a heart attack, but I wasn't, actually. How? how like, if anything, it was a massive overreaction. Yeah, but mate, do you know what? This is something that yeah, I was actually at some point going to bring up. Well, like I've over the last couple of weeks, months, I've got obsessed with going. I was great at not going on the research and stuff, but right when you feel something, mm. but I've got obsessed with it now. Like, I, I've got a real problem, man. I've got a real problem where like you just manage to keep searching until you discover that this is going to lead to your death pretty soon. Mate, I'm so glad you said this because genuinely, right. I've literally, because I've been up in Liverpool on my own away from like Catherine, who's very yeah. good at settling my mind down. So she's very yeah. good at sort of like reassuring me and stuff. I've been left to my own devices about three, I've pretty much been through three or four different cancers. Um, nearly every other day I've had COVID or fucking some other fucking disease. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just go obsessed with it. Yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? And, and, and like, it's really bad and this sounds really selfish and self-involved. But whenever you hear about somebody dying of some sort of illness or cancer or whatever, there's part of you that thinks, oh, God, that's, that's how I'm going to go. Or there's part of you that reacts to it in a, in a kind of a making it about yourself, a very small part of you. And so what that, when, you, when you keep hearing about that and reading about that, I, 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 any time I feel anything, I think, oh, this is... This is... You have freaked me out recently. What? I'm waking up nearly every night at 2.50. Exactly. Yeah. I've had this. Right, so this is a madness, right? So then Catherine says, stop looking at your phone to see what time it is. Relax, mm. like meditate and go back to sleep. So where we're staying at the moment, we're in the Cotswolds, beautiful place, shout out the Cotswolds. But close by there's a church and it's got church bells. 
I wake up, I lay in bed last night, and I'm just lying there, and I'm like, don't look at your watch, don't look at your fucking phone, right? And then the bells chime. Ding. 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 Then tiny, they stop. sound like tiny bells. Right. Yeah. Actually, JT, can you say three bells? Drum. <laughs> So three but yeah, well, you know what I'm saying though. Ding, ding, ding. It's a small bell, isn't it? Dong, dong, dong. That's those are big bells. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into dings and dongs. Okay. No, but I'm just saying. saying for future if you're doing. Okay, and when I'm telling this story next time, and I probably won't be able to because actually the killer of this fucking podcast is once you tell the story on here, you can't really tell it again. It will never be the same, right? But let's for, for let's go like dong. Three big bells, and then I know. Oh, I feel I'm... like you're getting a bit annoyed with that bell correction. Has that annoyed you? Well, no, 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 it's, it's fine. But that, this is the point, right? I then think I've been up for about ten to seven to ten minutes, right? right, right. Those three bells would tell me that I, I was up at two fifty again. And what does it mean? Mm. I don't know. Someone said that your body heals during the night, and when it gets to certain places, is it can't heal, it wakes up. Okay, don't, like, Tom, don't say stuff. Don't say stuff like this. What are you talking? Why don't someone told me that? And I'm like, fuck, sorry. Who Jesus. told you that? For another friend of mine who isn't as decent as you. Right. And do they use crystals and stuff like that? Yeah, they are quite left thinking and all yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a thing. What did you? Let me just say, did you share the, the heart attack feeling with anyone in the family? I mentioned it to. I didn't. I said to Lisa, <laughs> "I've got a pain in my chest. I shouldn't have done that because." I can't tell you the look on her face. She just looked... Because my dad died of a heart attack, right? So she just freaked yeah. out. I thought, why the fuck have I... Like, you know, I, I think I need to verify for definite what the situation is before I... Did she genuinely worry? No, only for a second. I saw her face just get... I, I can't... You know, you must have seen it in Kat's face where of course. for a second, she just looks horrified. I, I hated that look. I don't, I don't want to give her that look on her face. This is me going out on a... Um a limb here and I could end up do you in that did you in a second when your heart you felt that in your heart and you're like I'm having a heart attack kind of vibe right mm. did you try and make them deal with like your maker or someone just saying you know what that's it now no fucking pizza no fucking booze right, no yeah. fucking fried shitty food yeah. I'm fucking this is like if, if I live through this pain if I come out of this the other end I'm going to be a new person yeah I, I started thinking about I started thinking about that I started thinking about um, how I'm going to be with the kids so I think about how more appreciative I'm going to be of Lisa. All sorts of shit, man. So bad. So, so, yeah. you're just making your deal. It's like, please just let me get through this. Please, please. You, basically, you George Bailey the shit out of that fucking moment. Mm. Yeah. But I, I had a bit yeah. of an, not an argument, but another thing I did was we were doing a, I was doing a, a bit of filming and I had to lift something and it just came out of my hand. My grip strength wasn't strong enough and it ripped some skin off my palm. Right? And it started like, bleeding and like there's a little cut on it anyway the way it healed just because it's on my palm because you keep using it it just is getting more and more sore every day right and then i managed to convince myself that it was infected and i i started to i i honestly started to there's part of me that believed that i was i might have to lose my hand like like i, I know that sounds oh my god <laughs> So one night, one night, we're like, I, listen, by the way, as I'm saying this to you, I know it's mad, right? And I, in, in the moment, I knew it was mad. And I, I don't fully believe I'm going to have to, I don't believe I'm about, but I'm, I managed to convince myself that the way, when I press on it, 
that type of pain is a sign of an infection and this is going to lead to some sort of... I, I just convinced myself. I convinced myself that's okay. Yeah. So then I go to Lisa. This is a very different sort of conversation. I said to Lisa, do you think I should go to walk the walk-in? She goes, for what? And I go, for this on my hand. She goes, what, that cut? That tiny little... And I go, it feels infected. And honestly, mate, it was a very different look. It was just the look of contempt on her face of like, how pathetic is this guy? Yeah. So I've had to sort of try and figure out a way of doing it, mate. Did, did, you, did you do anything about the cut? No, I left it. I left be it because sick. it felt so For you anyway, as a massive Star Wars fan, as if you've got one of those Luke Skywalker hands. I don't know what like I don't know what you're trying to relate to me like. That. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that's one thing I remember is how he had his hand cut off by his father, and yeah. he had that fucking sick hand. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I think like of all the people that I know that have um, that are amputees or have you know would need prosthetics or whatever, uh, and I've never seen them have a Luke Skywalker hand. I think they'd be delighted if they just decided to develop the prototype for me. You're right. It would be so sick if when I lost my hand. I was able to get a hand that currently doesn't exist with our technology. You're absolutely right. You know, when I was scaffolding, right, I got metal splinters went went through my thumb and my that bit of my hand. How there. painful? How painful? Very painful, right? Right. And I was working. I was again. I was sort of early twenties, and I was like, someone said, "Oh, they can go septic, right? Metal splinters." Mm. And I freaked out massively, and mm. I went to the hospital um, near Waterloo. Right, I had left work early and said, "I've got to go to the hospital and get this sorted." To say that I, I, ne- I know those guys could never look me in the eye again. It was so embarrassing. I was so like, I, I freaked out so much that I'd lose that part of my hand or yeah. I'd get fucking sepsis or some shit like that. I get it, man. I get it. I get it, bro. The fucking hardship being a hypochondriac. Hmm. Have you read Johnny Vegas's book? No, 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 no. So I, read, I listened to the audio book and there's a bit where like... Did Johnny just- do the audio book? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh man, I bet that's a re- uh, he's, he's amazing to talk to yeah. Johnny. So, so, so midway through the book, he talks about the fact that he's got this voice inside his head, right? Like this constantly catastrophizing his conditions. And as like, you know, you listen to it when you listen to something that you can really relate to. So he had it like really like this proper voice. And um, I was I was on my way back from a gig, and I had the audio book on in my car, and he gets Kevin Eldon to do the voice of the voice in his head. Oh wow. So like, there's a bit where he goes, and so I, I felt this lump in my foot and I wondered what it was. And then his voice said, you're going to die. And like, it was like, wow. fucking cu- I nearly swerved off the road, bro. Like it, it fucking terrified wow. the shit out of me. You know, talking about uh, audiobooks, he's got an incredible one. Who? Seth Rogen. Really? It's so good. It's like the Curb Your Enthusiasm of audiobooks. Does he read it? He reads some of it, yeah, but he's got other actors coming in doing like that, basically doing other parts of people in yeah. his lives. Yeah, fucking incredible. I listened to the Andre Agassi audiobook, which is a great autobiography, but uh, they got somebody else to read it. I mean, it's just not the same, is it? I like Andre. I thought he, I thought he's actually got quite a nice voice as well, quite soothing. Exactly. I don't know why he didn't do it, but the the book is amazing. Well worth a spin. Really? Yeah. Anyway, I never struck me you'd be a tennis nut. I'm not a tennis nut, but some. <laughs> Do you know what? I earnestly answered that question before realising that you're fucking putting a fucking knee to my dick. <laughs> I'm so happy you responded in that way. <laughs> I didn't know you were a tennis nut. I'm not a tennis nut. <laughs> There's a sort of air of you that uh, you're cool shut up. Pushed your sliding glasses up your... 
I've not got the sliding glass. I've got, I've got the same glass as you have. You have, actually. I've got matching glasses today. Anyway, long story short, with regards to the move, Lisa put me to bed. What? She, she told me that I've... I've <laughs> she told me that I was so tired and I was overreacting to so many things that it was time for me to go to bed. <laughs> what time is this? Uh, half nine, ten o'clock, something like that. Oh, my God. And then could you just hear Theo sort of toiling into the night? Yeah. Was <laughs> Theo and Lisa lifting beds up four flights of stairs. Lisa and the three boys just having a great old time. No, just have move the house while you're sl- slumbering away. No, we've done most of it. We've done most of it. Come on, mate. Don't make, don't make me out like that. Don't make me out Do you like think that. father will be coming down for tea? Not tonight. Not tonight. Your father's very tired. He's taken to his bed poorly. He's been he's been slaving away so that he can provide for you and yours. How else do you think we can afford this house? <laughs> that's more like it. That's a good impression. <laughs> um, okay. Evening, evening slash. This is from Worry Warthog. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm. Makes me think this is going to be quite a deep, deep message. Evening slash morning to all at Wolf and Owl HQ. Thank you, Swan, for selecting my email. I really need the wonderful wisdom of the furry and feathered friends this evening. I've just got out of a meeting. Yes, it's past 10 p.m. in the UK. Don't ask. With a large number of colleagues, I admire and respect. What's going on? What's going on? It's getting comfy for the emails. I just got out of a meeting. Yes, it's past 10 p.m. in the UK. Don't ask. With a large number of colleagues, I admire and respect very much. I had to give a presentation. And for some inexplicable reason, I felt really nervous and was unable to speak coherently. I stuttered and stumbled over my words and repeated myself. It was extremely, extremely embarrassing. As a child, I was painfully shy and it took me years to speak in front of people without turning red and freezing. I worked hard to get over it, even taking the drastic step of taking acting classes at the poor school to force myself into a state of confidence. If I can't be confident, surely I can learn to pretend to be confident. I'm now outwardly usually a confident person. Presentations aren't easy, but I can usually fake my way through it. But today is like I was a child again, and now I'm spending my evening agonising about how unprofessional I must have looked and how much respect I must have lost. Right now, I honestly don't feel that I deserve the job I have. Do you ever ruminate over embarrassing moments? How do you stop yourself from replaying these moments? Thanks, Worry Warthog. Tom Davis. Barry Warthog, um, it would be amiss of me to say that nearly every day of my life, I didn't replay every embarrassing moment or every moment that I thought I wasn't, uh, I could have done something better or um, where I'd let myself down or I wasn't probably capable of the job that I was doing or capable of sometimes being the person that I think I should be. I think that that's just human society. I think most people, I think actually... I think that's the healthiest way to be as a person because I think you're always striving then to to be better. I think I think faux confidence is actually quite for me anyway. Faux confidence is quite a negative thing because I think it it can actually be quite harmful to your to yourself. And, and in that, I mean, I don't mean like I think confidence when it comes from a place of pushing your adrenaline to go through something and actual sort of confidence, as in like feeling confident in the scenario that you're putting yourself in. That's actually quite a healthy thing. I think. But if you're actually going, I hate this, I really hate this, I hate this, and throughout it, just trying to put a smile on your face and pretending that you've got something more sorted than you actually have, I think it can be quite unhealthy. I think, for me, I, I'm, I'm still, I think, quite a shy person. I think at times, I think that, you know, sitting here, I think, um, chatting with Ramesh, who looks like he's got a fly in his studio, his eyes are flipping about all the place. Um, <laughs> uh, I think can make people think because me and Romish are sitting during 
during the podcast, but this is a very safe space and I feel very chilled. I think like even over the last two or three days, I've had a few sort of moments with people who have come over expecting me to sort of be that person, you know, on first meeting them. And I'm not, I, I, I think, yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being shy or cautious or, but I think the big thing to sort of say of, of, of everything with, with the situation you found yourself in today is it's nowhere near as bad as you, you probably think it is. I think the fact of the matter is that I think every day that I've ever spent filming or every gig I've ever done and any one of these podcasts I've ever done, at the end of it, I usually sit and think, I could have done that better or I was shit when she was brilliant or so-and-so was, you know, better than I was. Um, and it all comes out in the wash and it's all all right. And it's usually your own sense of that you, you, you yeah, maybe you just think, maybe you just got very high standards. But um, don't beat yourself up. You sound like a pretty amazing person. And, you know, I, I salute you for going through poor school. I salute you through, through um, you know, kids continuing to develop as a human being because you've come a long way. But you're not at the mountain yet. Keep climbing. You've got a long way to go. You know, great using that later on. Um, I would say, Warry Warhog, thank you so much for your email. Um, I think the problem is twofold here. Uh, number one problem is that your embarrassment about public speaking. And the second one is about uh, ruminating on how you did. I uh, would agree with Tom. Well, well I, Tom and I have this in common. It's one of the things that sort of made us or brought us together as mates is that every time we do something, we think we were absolute shit at it. And like the number of times, <clears throat> we've talked about this in the past, the number of times I've come out of a record or come out of filming or got in touch with Tom after something and said, I was just utter shit. Or we finished the podcast and I text Tom going, you were so funny on that and I was absolutely dreadful. Can we put it out? You know, it happens all the time. Um, and there is part of me that thinks that's part of the process of, of, of trying to be good at what you do. And there's part of me that thinks you can't, it's not really healthy to, to, to agonise in that way. Um, there's a couple of things. First of all, it's te- after 10 o'clock, you've had a late meeting, so you're going to be tired. You're going to lose perspective. You, you, you often lose perspective when you're tired. And because it's something that sort of troubled you in the past, you're going to have a hangover of that. Of As soon as you start to go that way, you think it's going to be as bad as you sort of fear it is. It won't have been. It would have been totally fine and you need to just put this to bed. Do you know what I mean? Let's just let's just catastrophize for a moment that it was absolutely the worst and you and you was embarrassing. So what? So what? You do it again and you do it better. Or you think about what you did wrong and try and assess that. None of these things are make a break, man. Do you know what I mean? It's just it is what it is. It didn't go anywhere near as badly as you thought it did. And even if it did, who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? We move on. So uh, worry, Warthog, I understand why you worry because I'm giving you advice that I need to take myself. Uh, draw a line under it. Tomorrow's a new day. You're doing great. All right? I mean, also, just to shout out, imagine how Oli Gunsolskar feels right now. Imagine. So, imagine. Just put yourself in his shoes. He's still got a job this morning. And yeah, so if you don't know who he is, yeah, yeah, it's worth just having a look into that. Worth having a look into that. Yeah. He's the man... The Man United manager and Liverpool beat them 5 0 yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, it, Tom didn't want to say those words, so it was too much effort for him to say that. So, if we could just look it up on his behalf, that would be great. <laughs> Next email is from Anon. Anon. Dear Rom and Tom, uh, by the way, just before we get emails in, I know that this person's name isn't Anon. 
It's a non anonymous. Okay. Um, so, dear Rom and Tom, that was a bit shitty of me, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very harsh. Sort of harsh, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Should we leave that? Should we? Should we get JT to tell that? Should we leave that in just to teach me I a lesson about it. being? You've got a spiky little side. Yeah, you. yeah. I think it's good for people to know that. I've been you know got seven million pounds. Uh, house. Okay, Tom. That's not fair. This <laughs> wing. This wing is seven million pounds. Uh, dear Dom and Tom. I'm a 30-year-old Indian female who's recently moved down to London. I work in software engineering and I'm quite senior within my field, traditionally a very male-dominated industry. Ever since I've moved, I've started to experience quite a few instances of racism slash sexism. For example, broadband engineers, assuming I'll not be able to understand how fibre cabling works, and asked to speak to my male partner. I was recently at a social mixer and someone refused to tell me what their job was as I probably wouldn't be able to understand. Even a colleague of mine made a passing comment that these Indians can be quite thick. I've always been quite vocal and called people out on these instances, but my partner suggested maybe keeping a lower profile and knowing when to pick your battles. I'm quite conflicted as to what to do, as I don't think racism, sexism should be tolerated at any level. And feel like, given the lack of women in my field, I'm duty-bound to call out this behaviour so it doesn't become a norm. What are your thoughts? I'm also wondering whether either of you have dealt with racism, sexism in and out of the workplace, and if so, how have you coped? Big fan of the podcast, it really cheers me out. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Anon. Anonymous, anonymous, anonymous. Number one, um... I think you should be reporting all of that behaviour and 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 doing it for not just yourself, but the, for the people that that follow you into the industry that in in which you're working. Because I think it's it's important that 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 is done. And I think the only way that we can we can push social change is doing that thing. I think um, there's this stuff that I, I wouldn't want to sort of get into because it would be um, wrong of me to sort of chat in any great depth about that because it's harmful for people. But yeah, I mean, I think. As someone who owns a company, as someone who who's a manager of a company, over the years that we've we've done that, we've had to deal with with all of the issues that you're talking about, and you know, and, and in the way that we've dealt with them, we've been firm and we've we've made made sure that we've dealt with them, and 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 let it be known that that, that sort of behaviour in society and in, in any workplace isn't needed, and is for me anyway. I think it's 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 disgusting. I think that you know, I think if you're made to feel anything but part of a team or you know, anything to the you know less than you know as, as you know if you're working with a lot of men one of the guys i think number one it falls it's, it's a really short-sighted dickhead view that they've got and i think you know again i don't want to stereotype but i can imagine the sort of men that you're talking about every one of them probably lacks any real social sort of skills outside this sort of industry that they work in where they feel that they have some sort of power and the, the worst thing about having power is is that there's a constant threat of change and your power would become less 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 than it is at the moment and i think that's that's a big worry i think that i see throughout society at the moment i think some people question question change constantly because it it means that number one they've got to look at themselves but number two they've got to, you know they've, they've potentially got to lose a stranglehold on and something that they they hold probably too dear and i think most decent members of society sort of all for change and we put our hands up and, you know, and, and you want to walk side by side with, with anyone uh, who, who feels sort of alienated or, or sort of pushed to the side or bullied or whatever and I think uh, you know hopefully hopefully you can get this sorted out and, and, but I would say go to the powers that be because if, if it's a big company which it sounds it would be they have to do something about it and if they look another way then go higher and higher and, and make sure that you know you, you don't just suffer in silence because it's not fair on you, Romish. Great advice from Tommy D, the wolf. Uh, um, I, I think, uh, uh, Anonymous, it's quite a difficult situation because on the one hand, 
sexism and racism is absolutely disgusting and so you do want to challenge it and on the other hand i understand where your partner's coming from because they sort of think they don't want you to be seen as difficult and i know that there are instances where people have seen sexism people have seen racism people have seen things like this and they decided the easy option is to just not say anything and just kind of uh not suffer in silence and such but just they don't want to rock the boat the thing is is that there are lots of instances where people think that certain ways of talking are appropriate and they think it's all right to talk in a certain way and those people need to be educated and the only way that they can be educated is by picking them up on these things and it might not even be uh it might not even be you having to escalate a complaint although that might be the case but it could be just you challenging it you know you going i don't think you should talk like that now like tom Tom is somebody that I know, I'm not going to give specific examples, but Tom is somebody I know that if he sees, some, it, I know that in the past he's seen somebody being racist or somebody's been racist in conversation to him and Tom's challenged it. And that's what we should all be doing. We should all be challenging when people use offensive language, when people are racist, when people are sexist, when people are homophobic, we should be challenging people so that that drops out of people's sphere of what they think is acceptable things to say and so as difficult as it feels i do think the right thing is to be challenging it i do think that's the right thing to be challenging it whether that's not going to have any repercussions i can't you know there's no way of guaranteeing that because the truth of the matter is is if you are the sort of person that calls these things out you will often be labeled or you can sometimes be labeled a troublemaker or difficult um but that doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've encountered racism in the past and I've had to deal with racism and sometimes I've called it out and sometimes I haven't. I've always regretted it when I haven't and I've never regretted it when I have. So, you know, I, I, I can't tell you what to do, full stop, black and white, but I think it is, we all have a responsibility to challenge those sort of things. So there you go. I hope that helps, uh, Anonymous. Please let us know how it goes. Tom, our next email is from Sam, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to read the email, and then I'm going to go through what Sam is referring to in this email, and I'd like to get your take on it, okay? Okay. So, so here we go. I found the attached image on Reddit recently and immediately reminded me of Tom's response to nearly every email on the pod. So either he's written it himself or he's a giant fraud. I think they're joking here. The only two possible explanations. Not looking for a response or anything similar. Just wanted to return a smile for all the last few given fans of the pod. Thank you very much. So the thing that they've sent us, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to share it with you. Okay, let me just see if I can share this with you now. Can you see it? Oh, yeah, I can see it. Petrol generator. So oh, wow. basically, you've got four columns. So, so, so people listening, you've got four columns, right? And in each column is a word or a, a part of a phrase. And you can pick one from each column, and it makes a sentence that essentially sounds like Tom Davis. Um, I'll give you I'll give an example. The fact that instead of a wolf, they've used a hippo. I oh, know. Well, it's not based on you, Tom. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Champ, your soul reigns magic, and that's a fact. Wow. I'll just pick that randomly. Superstar, your presence here just shimmers. Snuggle bear. Wow. Know this. What you got going on gets the party hopping, you hidden gem. I mean, this is... Experts agree that brain of yours is a rainbow factory. High five. That is... You know what? To be fair, this is kind of cool if you haven't got 
that I was born with a gift to do this without even yeah. thinking about it. For sure. Okay, listen up. The mere idea of you is a rainbow factory. Now let's dance. <laughs> okay, listen up. That sparkle in your eye is the next big thing. Would I lie? <laughs> you know I what? I like this, man. I like this a lot. You know what? This should be given to every dickhead who doesn't know how to be nice. Yeah, there's 105,000 possible combinations of this. You know what? This is slightly gutting because this is, you know, when people have been asking me to write a book. Yeah. We could have just added all these up together and fucking sold this with our faces uh, on the front. Excuse me, but that saucy personality is a national treasure for reals. What? Yeah, that, that one's my worst one so far. News alert. That News sounds alert. like you in real life flirting. <laughs> News alert, the essential you roars like a lion, you hidden gem. Ace, your DNA raises, breeds miracles. That's the science. In my opinion, that saucy personality shows mad skills. You feel me? Wow. So you feel me and the mic drop and the sort of that, yeah, can I get an A, amen? Yeah, that that end column's quite tricky, isn't it, to get right? They sometimes fall apart on that. Experts agree every thought you have is paying off big time, according to CNN. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of... Hear ye, hear ye. Your soul reigns magic, so treat yourself. (laughs) Tiger, everything you do raises the roof, you hidden gem. It's the the end bit that I find quite tricky. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. Self. Your DNA gets... I'll keep doing the same ones over and over again. Superstar. Your personal style is paying off big time. And that's a fact. That's quite Tommy, isn't it? Girl, the essential you, yo, rules like a lion, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Not sure about that one. It's it's a bit American, this, isn't it? That's the problem. You know what, though? That's one thing I think about the Americans, yeah. What? It's just their sense of fucking positive vibes Mm. for the most Mm. part. News alert, your presence here gets the party hopping. Would I lie? That sounds like the sort of thing you'd say before one of your <laughs> like hip-hop saved your life parties. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we got one of those happening on Saturday night. Lafayette tickets at www.hiphopsavemylife.co.uk. Are you, st- are you still selling tickets to it? Yeah, we've almost sold out. Okay, so don't wow. start. Don't start getting all No, 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 I'm saying, man. Sick, sick. Mm. This is a fucking cool night. Big night, man. You coming? No, 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 I'm trouble. I had a bit, I, I had a bit of a, a, a thing. My costume arrived today. It don't fit. So, well, what, what is your costume? I'm not going to, I don't, it's a surprise for the night, mate. Oh, yeah. Do you think there's a cross pollination between hip hop, Sage Alliance listeners and this? And Will for now? Yeah. I don't think so. Do you? Well, no, I hope, I hope that some people listen to both. They're both great shows. Yeah, we do get emails about Hip Hop Save My Life. I've, I've never really been one for Halloween, I've got to say. It's not one of my favourite holidays. What is one of your... Boom, my top five. Well, okay, what are your top five holidays above Halloween then, mate? Christmas. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Um, Easter. Probably Thanksgiving. Okay. I, I mean, I guess what I should have asked you is name five holidays that aren't Halloween. No, but Halloween just... I, I'm just... Halloween and fire at night can suck my balls. Why? I just don't, I'm not a fan. I think I used to be more into it. I just feel like it's become such a big thing now. It used fireworks, to be so- fireworks night is practically dead, bro. It's not become a big thing. What are you talking about? Fireworks is not dead enough, mate. You've got, when you've got, I'll tell you what, mate, come sit, sit at my house, have breakfast with me, and we'll talk about firework night when you've got a dog. It's a whole different fucking, it's a game changer, bro. Okay. All right. 
we'll have some of your fake and I'll put it in the sandwich here. I'll look you dead in the eye and go, how's fucking fire not now? And you'll go, fucking hell, my wits ends. Listen, a dog being scared of fireworks is not fireworks night's fault, is it? It's just how it fucking happens. How bad is it with a dog on fireworks night? They get really, my dog gets pretty anxious, pretty scared. I'll tell you what it is. It's, I, I actually think, look, get your local rugby club, your local park, have a big, lovely fucking fireworks display. I, I know there's a lovely couple near um, where you live, right? I've mm. been to them. I've watched in awe as fucking fireworks sail into the sky and fucking people scream and screech. I have no problem with them. It's when losers have them in their back garden with no consideration for, for kids and for fucking families who aren't involved in it. And that's what I haven't got any time for. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, and probably where you've moved now, so I'm assuming it's probably to quite a sort of salubrious sort of um, area, you will be inundated with fucking fireworks, I suppose. I'm, I'm like literally two minutes from where I was living before, so I, I, I can't imagine I'm going to be that surprised. Are you really? Yeah. Can you see your old house from your new house? No. Right. No, that would be fucking insane, wouldn't it? <laughs> I didn't know if you'd moved to like a big hill or something. No. You could look down at it. No. Well, just a big hill looking down on the whole of the town of Crawley. <laughs> Speaking of which, I believe that Crawley's endeavouring to become a city. Oh, really? No. You know what? I would, I would have a bet, you know, I reckon by the time you're fucking pushing in your chips, mate, I reckon there'll be a fucking statue of you in Crawley. What is pushing in my chips, mate? Like fucking meeting your maker and shit. By the time I die, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there'll be a fucking statue of you. Oh, and uh, let me tell you something. I will promise you this. If you are to pass before me, I shall go to everyone in Crawley and I will put in fucking what money's needed that we can't make up through donations to get a statue of you in the centre of Crawley. Well, thank you so much for uh, suggesting that there may be a shortfall. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, just in case, I don't yeah, know. I, no, thank you. Let me, let me tell you this, let me tell you this. When, they, when you die and they ask for donation of the statue, I will cover whatever they get whatever the difference is between how much they raise and how much the statue would actually cost because obviously they're not going to raise a full amount no no, that's, no but also, that's basically what you said in my head I want it to be bigger than life size yeah, right okay. but okay. obviously well, you know if let if me let me be let me be absolutely crystal clear okay if I die before you I do not want a statue of me in Crawley so, so let me just get that smack Look, bang I up. think it would be you know yeah Right, I'm saying, you know those little ones of Paddington Bear you get around London? Like, I'd say one of those little ones that we could get. That Even if it's one of those. Yeah. Like by Crawley Down Station mate, or something. Mate, they, they, they don't put statues up <laughs> for, for, for comedians that come from the town, okay? It's as sweet Eric as Morgan's you. Got one. Eric yeah, Morecambe's a fucking legend, all yeah, right? But you are in Crawley. I'm not, mate. I told you about that. Somebody got... I, I told you about... I think it was like a... Somebody told me a Gary Delaney. Have I told you this story? A Gary Delaney yeah. gig. It's a Gary Delaney gig, and he said, uh, "What's the worst thing about Crawley?" And somebody said, "Romish Ranganathan." Oh no, that's not true. There's it is so true. Many things about Crawley <laughs> that you're better than. I'd say you're probably one of the top five things about Crawley. Thanks, thanks, thanks very much. I speak for you know. I don't live in Crawley, and I probably would never will. But I know I've got family in Sussex who are very proud to be from the same county as you. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What if we do one down by the seafront in Brighton? then there's a sort of meet in the middle type thing. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's so funny if you ended up in a little town like Seaford that you didn't even have anything to do with a little Paddington Bear type statue of you in one of your blazers and board shorts. 
<laughs> anyway, I digress. Yeah. Right. Would you like? Uh, would you like to? Uh, it's about that time, Tom. Well, could you please um, do us the honour of taking us? Out? I would say quite a mixed bag of an episode. It's been up and down. Yeah, that's bad. Um, Okay, go on. Two brothers who were instrumental in inventing how the world looks and feels and everything and how human beings are put together and how clothes are shaped and how electricity fizzes sat one day on the top of a big mountain and looked down upon the world in which they created the colourful vibrancy of seas and people just laughing and joshing together. And someone turned, one of them turned to the other one and said, yo, brother. And he's like, yes, my friend. He said, like, it's strange, isn't it? How once we look upon this vibrant, beautiful landscape in which we have developed, how people seem to take so much care of other things, but less, not enough care of themselves. He said, whatever do you mean, my friend, my brother, sir? And he says, listen, every night when people go to bed, they'll make sure to recharge their phone above the sense of recharging their mind. They'll recharge that phone throughout the day, but never give themselves the time to recharge their body. The other guy looks at the other guy and says, you are the most profound person I've ever met. If we could send somehow a message out to the world where people would listen and take that a little bit kind, a bit more kind to their mind and kind to their body, we should do it. How should we do this? Maybe through a podcast, a wolf and owl. That message should run brightly. Recharge yourselves above the electrical devices that you look upon and listen upon. Obviously, it's important to recharge them because otherwise you wouldn't be able to listen to the podcast. But know this, your mind is your own phone, which you take approximately 2 million photos a second with. Always be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to lie, Ron. That's the first one of these I've done after four pints of Guinness. Oh, God, that was so funny. Uh, right, Tom. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure, my G. Thank you, brother. Uh, guys, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Wolf and Owlers, Owl and Wolfers, thank you so much. And, Rom, you know what would be really cool for all our listeners? Go on. For you to take off all of your clothes and just run around your new big house naked. Well, after <laughs> I finish this recording? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I can do that. No problem. Uh, guys, take it easy. One love. Peace out. Yeah, baby. Uh, JT, what would you want to tune for this? Um, yeah, maybe One Love from Blue. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> JT, can you play One Love by Blue? <clears throat> Here we go. Peace out from the Wolf and Owl. Yeah, baby. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.